This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. The fall session of the Ontario Legislature wrapped up last week, a session that marked a first for the Ontario Green Party and the Greens' first MPP in Ontario, Mike Schreiner, who represents the city of Guelph. Mike, welcome back. Welcome back to Fight Back. Hey, it's a pleasure to be back on, Jane. In terms of personal accomplishments, what are you feeling good about at the end of this session? Well, you know, I think uh, it was a historic opportunity for the Green Party to elect our first seat. But more importantly for me, it's just that I feel like I've been a strong voice for Guelph, a champion for Guelph. And, uh, you know, it's been an opportunity for Guelph to really stand out and shine uh, by making history, electing Ontario's first Green MPP. And so there's been many firsts, you know, first Green question, um, you know, statement of the legislature, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, uh, it's been, that, was a, that was an important, mo- all those moments are very important to me. What is it about Guelph uh, that was able to be highlighted? Well, I think Guelph is leading the country when it comes to the clean economy. And uh, I've really been emphasizing, you know, how important it is both to uh, our climate action in terms of addressing the climate crisis, but also in terms of jobs and investment that Ontario uh, lead in the clean economy revolution. It's a $26 trillion economic opportunity. Guelph is certainly leading the way in, in many respects. And, um, you know, every day I keep telling the Premier that, you know, if we're going to be open for business, we have to be open for business in the clean economy as the world transitions to a low-carbon economy. How often do you have the Premier's ear? Well, you know what? We bump into each other every now and then in the hallway or on the floor of the house where we have quick exchanges. Um, I've spent more of my time, quite frankly, focused on reaching out to some of the key ministers. So, for example, all-day two-way go service is a top priority for me. So reaching out to the transportation ministry, uh, protecting water and investing in the clean economy, uh, having those conversations with the minister of the environment. Affordable housing is a huge issue, uh, and with the Minister you know, of Housing, and same way with health care. We have a number of health care issues, not only in Guelph, but across the province. And so it's you know, taking the opportunity to not only meet with the Premier about those issues, but each of the Cabinet Ministers as well. Okay, we'll get back to the Premier and, and how he is governing so far in just a moment. Also, I want to invite your calls if you'd like to ask Mike Schreiner, the Green Party leader, a question, or you want to share with him some information. We have him at least for the next 10 minutes, 416-360-0740 or toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. You are ostensibly the one and only dedicated voice for the environment. Mike, tell us about that experience. You did mention there in passing some of the issues, but uh, new ones have come up as well with uh, the Green Belt Protection and the Climate Plan. And and you have been an instrumental voice in, in trying to um, make sure that the, the right elements are included. Well, I would say right now having a green voice at Queen's Park is more important than ever. Um, you know, the Premier's 
you know, first actions have been really attacks on the environment, uh, dismantling Ontario's climate change plan and replacing it with a plan that, you know, is very weak to be at, to be at best. Uh, and then also, just as we were uh, finishing up last week, putting forward uh, legislation that would open the Greenbelt up for development and also threaten the Clean Water Act. I mean, it was, you know, 20 years ago, the Walkerton tragedy uh, literally cost people their lives, and there's still people living with the health effects of tainted water. And so to think that the premier would uh, reduce regulations uh, that support clean water and break his promise that he said he wouldn't open the Greenbelt for development, Bill 66 does that, and I'm encouraging citizens to fight back. Well, why is uh, the economic development minister, Todd Smith, then saying we are clear on maintaining the boundaries that exist for the Green Belt? Well, if that's the case, then um, I'm hoping they'll be accepting amendments to Bill 66, because it is clear in Bill 66 that uh, municipalities can apply to the minister to open the Green Belt up for development. Uh, luckily, we've had a number of mayors starting to speak out, saying they'll continue to support the Green Belt. And one thing I really want to remind this government is, is the Green Belt provides about $2.6 billion a year in environmental goods and services. And so what does that mean? It means filtering um, and cre- water and creating a natural way of keeping our water clean. It means helping to prevent flooding, which we know is only going to get worse with climate change. It's a low-cost solution um, to use the natural ecosystem to prevent flooding instead of having to build additional infrastructure. It's our farmland, which is the asset base for the farm and food sector, which is the largest employer in the province. These things need to be protected, um, and uh, I'm going to continue to fight for that. I think we have a question about Bill 66. Robin in Nobleton, go ahead. You're on Fight Back. Okay, yes, I did have a question about Bill 66 because it I find it extremely um, important. And, of course, the Greenbelt, being just south of the Greenbelt, is beautiful. And we have the Holland Landing, Holland Marsh, and it's extremely important. So what can you, I mean, short of your one person, you're speaking out against, but what can we do? Because this isn't good. Yeah, we need citizens to speak out. And especially for those of you, and it sounds like you probably are in a writing that's currently represented by a conservative MPP. Yes. Uh, I please mobilize your neighbors and, um, and write to your MPP, call your MPP. Mm-hmm. We know during the campaign that candidate Ford, you know, in a mm-hmm. video that in the back rooms, he yes. was telling developers he would open the Greenbelt up for development. There was such a public backlash mm-hmm. against that that candidate Ford backed off of that. We need to make sure that Premier Ford um, doesn't, doesn't you know, uh, cancel that promise and break that promise not to open the Greenbelt for development. And they need to hear from citizens. Okay. All right, well, Robin. That's not a problem because I was going to call. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Robin. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Okay. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Thanks for calling in. Uh, we have Mike Schreiner for a few more minutes here. 416-360-0740. Toll free. 1-866-740-4740. Uh, so the Green Belt, we've touched on that. The climate plan, before that was announced by Rod Phillips a couple of weeks ago, you were invited to pitch ideas to him. You say that some of the cabinet ministers are responsive to you. Is he one of them? 
Well, you know, I've had some productive meetings with Minister Phillips, but unfortunately when it came to the climate plan, uh, he, he didn't take any of our 50 ideas uh, that we offered free of charge. And I'm just really disappointed that, you know, the climate plan isn't much of a climate plan. It weakens Ontario's uh, climate change targets. Um, it dismantles most of what what we had in place and replaces it with a plan that hasn't worked, modeled off of the Australian plan, which they've invested $2.5 billion into their plan, hasn't lowered emissions. This plan takes the same model and only invests $400 million over four years, so $100 million a year. I don't think there's any way Ontario's going to hit our emission targets. Um, I mean, the plan does have a great graphic about how to prevent uh, basement flooding, which I would encourage those of you worried about that issue to look at. Um, but when it comes to actually reducing pollution and embracing the clean economy, there isn't much to this plan. You would think that they would use you as a resource, especially where you are touting uh, green business and the future of the economy uh, being anchored in the green economy. Uh, and yet it, it feels like that maybe they're not using uh, that expertise that's right in front of them. Well, one of the issues that I'm really hoping that they'll listen to is just the call I've been making to have Ontario have a, an auto strategy to lead the electric vehicle revolution that's happening around the world. I mean, it was so devastating, the news out of Oshawa with the GM closure as part of their global restructuring to invest in electric vehicles and zero emission vehicles. We know that automakers are going to spend $255 billion between now and 2023 on um, R&D for electric vehicles. We should be embracing that revolution. We should be creating jobs, not losing jobs. The electric vehicle um, shift that's happening globally. And I'm going to keep pushing the government to, to work with me, other opposition parties, to work with the labor movement, automakers, um, you know, innovators, researchers, scientists, so that Ontario, we have the ability to lead the electric vehicle revolution, but we need a strategy to do it. All right. And what are you hearing back from big business on that, on electric car, uh, from electric car makers? Well, I know uh, for sure that, you know, most auto, most of the major auto uh, manufacturers are moving in that direction. Like I said, $255 billion in investment uh, through 2023. Uh, I'm lucky in Guelph, our federal MP is, is, um, chair of the auto caucus so i know he's all over this issue and told me he saw me my response uh, to the premier on and he was thinking oh i was thinking the exact same thing you know the response to the gm closure should be a wake-up call that we have to skate to where the puck is going not where it's been we need to embrace electric vehicles unfortunately the premier spent most of his first six months in office actually attacking uh programs to support electric vehicles all right, let's talk about that uh, attacking. Um, we see a lot of that in question period. Uh, it's televised. You can watch it on CPAC. Uh, is this unprecedented? I mean, I know it's your first session in the Ontario legislature, but in terms of how people are conducting themselves, the MPPs are conducting themselves, your observations about that? Well, I'm telling all MPPs from all parties that we have to bring more decorum to the legislature uh, we were elected to serve the people of Ontario. In the case of the Conservative Caucus, not to be a high-priced pom-pom squad that, you know, 
give standing ovations every couple minutes to the premier and to the ministers. Uh, that's not what we're there for. We're there to roll up our sleeves, get to work, put the people of Ontario first. I've been observing question period for many years, and um, I can tell you the level of toxicity and animosity on the floor of the House is certainly um, greater than it has been in any of the time that I've been observing Queen's Park. And I think, you know, we need to tone it down and put the people of Ontario first. There is an online article that I found today. You gave a speech in Guelph a couple of weeks ago where you openly said there are a number of Conservatives coming up to me and saying we didn't sign up for this, we're opposed to what's going on, and we're being intimidated to tow the party line. Yes, I have had uh, Conservatives come up and talk to me about that. Um, and I think it's it's not so much about you know towing the party line because people signed up for the platform it's more the, uh, um, you know, having to do all the standing ovations and the cheering, um, not having the opportunity to speak out in caucus and, and just challenge, you know, the premier's chief of staff, for example. Um, those are issues that really grate on people. And, um, you know, most MPPs are very accomplished individuals in their home ridings. They were elected to go to Queen's Park and work hard for their constituents. And uh, they want to have the freedom and the opportunity to do that. I mean, it's one of the reasons I I admire Amanda Samard so much, uh, the MPP who has left the Conservative Caucus. Um, you know, in as she was standing up for the, the French, the Franco Ontario University, the French Language Services Commissioner, and just Franco Ontarians in general. Uh, and we need more MPPs I, to stand up and put their constituents first uh, before party. Understanding that you are a trusted confidant for some of the MPPs in other parties, and we're speaking specifically to the governing PCs, uh, obviously you won't tell us who's dissatisfied, but are you getting a sense, and, and it, you know, the buzz about this has died down, but are you getting the sense that there will be other MPPs who either become independents or cross the floor? Yeah, I have no indication of that, and um, so I don't think that that is imminently going to happen. Uh, but you know, you you hear people grumbling, and and you know, you know, my job, frankly, is is I'm doing everything I can to, you know, stand up for what I campaigned on, what I promised the people of Guelph. I'm reaching across the aisle to conservatives, to liberals, to NDP uh, MPPs, saying, you know. Where we can, obviously we're not going to agree on everything, but where we can agree on things, we should be working together. And, you know, I'm proud to be part of a new parliamentary reform caucus that includes uh, Randy Hillier from the Conservative Party and Natalie DeRosier from the Liberals and myself. And we're hoping that others will join just to talk about ways in which Queen's Park can be more collaborative, less confrontational, and that we can create space for MPPs to have more power to represent their constituents and put the people who elected them first. Green Party leader Mike Schreiner on the line with us. Robin in Orangeville has a question for you, Mike. Go ahead, Robin. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. It's not actually a question. I just want to um, put my voice out there to let other um, people know that I actually just signed a petition this morning on social media, Facebook, um, shared from another friend of mine that lives in um, Hockley Valley, um, that Ford is pushing through um, to sell off the green space area to private developers. Yes. And um, this is actually, it's 
there's been, I don't even know how many thousand people have already signed it. So, you know, if people are really interested, go on Facebook and Google Keep Canada Beautiful and sign that petition and get it going, you know, and maybe we can stop this. Robin, thanks for your call. Um, okay, thank Mike, you. Mike, how effective are these kinds of petitions to, to make change? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Robin, for the work you're doing there and for promoting it. And uh, you know what? Anytime government starts feeling pressure, it's effective. And uh, especially if they're feeling it in writings that are held by members of the Conservative Caucus. So in Robin's case, um, if she's in Orangeville, that would be the case for her. And, um, you know, we need people to speak out. We need people to contact their MPPs. And, you know, I'm even you know asking my, my residents in Guelph who, you know, who all know that I support maintaining, actually not only preserving the Greenbelt, but actually expanding the Greenbelt. Um, but I'm still encouraging them to write me as well because, you know, it gives me more, um, more power to go to the government and say, you know, hey, I've received thousands or, you know, of, of letters, petitions, phone calls, emails, et cetera, saying protect the Greenbelt. Um, and so if, if members are feeling that pressure, uh, it works. Mike, before we let you go, what's on the agenda for the legislature's hiatus and then uh, for the next session? Yeah, well, I'm spending a lot of time over the next couple of months uh, catching up on meetings with my constituents. Uh, obviously, doing constituency work is is a really important part of this job, and it isn't something that's oftentimes in the headlines. And uh, because we, we were sitting all summer, it meant that a lot of meetings I had planned on scheduling or had scheduled with my constituents had to push off till now. So I'll be doing that. I will also be just getting ourselves ready uh, for the spring session. I'm really digging into Bill 66 and looking at, you know, it's not just the green belt and clean water, but it's also daycare ratios and a whole host of other issues that uh, we want to come back in the spring and be ready to put forward amendments on that bill. And I'm also working on a private member's bill around protecting water in my region because it's a huge issue in and around Guelph. Okay. Well, thank you for being a regular guest on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. We appreciate your time. Absolutely, Jane. I appreciate all the good work you do as well. Guelph MPP Mike Schreiner and the leader of the Ontario Green Party. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.